Hey, this is Rich Wilkerson. I'm the pastor of Voo Church in Miami, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. I wanna welcome all of our VU friends and family. You know, we have so many people, especially right now in this season as we've taken our entire church online, but our VU friends and family are people that connect to us digitally, whether that's our podcast, our YouTube playbacks, and we're just grateful for this extended family. Thousands and thousands of people are tuning in week in and week out, and you are welcome to be here. We're so grateful for you. You know, right now as we are quarantined, now I've been looking for different ways to connect with people. And that's why maybe you're asking, why do I have my phone number on my sweatshirt? It's because I want to connect directly with you. Um, I love all the social media platforms like Twitter and Instagram. Thankful for Facebook and YouTube, but I actually want to talk me to you. And so if any point during this message, something's connecting with you, if you're, if you're hearing something, you're like, yep, no caps. That's a fact right there. Just text me. Um, I want to make sure I get back to you. We're trying really hard right now to look for unique ways to speak to people. Maybe you got prayer requests. I know a lot of needs are coming in. Just text me, 305-501-1890. It's there for you. I want to talk to you. I want to connect with you. And so I'm grateful today. Hey, we started a collection of talks two weeks ago entitled The Story You Tell Yourself. I kicked it off week one. I talked about God's story. And really my message was, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Last week, Don Cherie preached a brilliant message. If you haven't heard it yet, in fact, in the chat right now, come on, can we just show my wife some love? Just say, yo, Pastor DC, she can preach facts. Facts, by the way, is the new amen. We don't say amen, we just say facts. Hit me with some facts. But show DC some love. She preached last week a beautiful message. There's two sides to every story. There's structure and there's flexibility. And I believe it's a word for so many of you out there. It's a whole word for so many of you. Uh, But today, I wanna preach part three of this collection. And I wanna lean into Numbers chapter 13 and 14. And if you have your Bible, go ahead, get your Bible out right now. Come on, moms and dads, you're the pastor of your home. Come on, brand new newlyweds. Come on, maybe you're there with your roommates right now. Get everyone around, get a Bible out, turn to Numbers 14, get something to write with, take notes. Research shows us that 98% of people who take notes, well, they automatically go to heaven. So you're gonna need some notes, take some notes today. I believe it's gonna encourage you. Numbers 14 is where I wanna start. And then in the message, I wanna jump into Numbers 13. So get your Bible in both of those spots. Numbers 14, starting in verse 20. It says this, it says, the Lord replied, I have forgiven them. This is our God. Even in the Old Testament, we see a merciful, gracious God who is constantly forgiving the Israelites. And he's speaking back to Moses right now. And he says, Moses, I've I've forgiven them as you asked. Nevertheless, as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of the men who saw my glory and the miraculous signs I performed in Egypt and in the desert but who disobeyed me and tested me 10 times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their forefathers. Not one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit, someone say the word different right now. Come on, just out loud at your house right now. Just out loud, say different. Come on, say different. I want to hear you. I can hear you. Different. Because Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. 
I love this version of the Bible, but I wanted to read verse 24 to you out of the message version. This is Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of the Bible. And he says this, verse 24, it fits with our collection just a little bit better. He says, but my servant Caleb, well, this is a different story. He has a different spirit. He follows me passionately. I'll bring him into the land that he scouted and his children will inherit it. I wanna use that verse today and this stories of Numbers 13 and 14. And I wanna preach a message to you entitled, A Different Story. Come on, say it out loud, a different story. That's who you are. You're a whole different story. When God thinks about you, he goes, you're a different story. Somebody right now in the chat, just come on, help me out, preach back at the preacher. Just say, a different story. You know, I am a firm believer that attitude determines altitude. I think many times we underestimate the power of a positive attitude. And when you study people's attitude, what you'll always see is that attitude determines approach to life. My attitude really comes from my outlook, the way that I see things. An outlook more often than not determines outcome. I know maybe it sounds a little cliche to say, but just because it's cliche doesn't stop it from being true. I believe that all of us, we view the world through a certain lens. And however you view the world will determine how you see the world. I asked the team to bring some different glasses into Casa today. I love a lot of these glasses because I think all these glasses up on this table, well, they represent different perspectives or they represent different lenses that we can put on. Uh, For instance, I got these big ones right here. How cool are these? Holler at your boy. In fact, right now, right there in the chat, come on, caption this. That was awkward, but you got the whole point. Okay, I got these big glasses on. Let's say for a moment, these glasses, uh, they're the filter of pride. What happens is that when I view the world through the lens of pride, ultimately it robs me of any bit of contentment. The scripture says that pride comes before the fall. And so many people, the reason why they fall down is because they continue to puff themselves up because they're looking at the world through the lens of pride. Or or maybe it could be this one. Maybe it could be, uh, these ones are cool. Look at this. These are money signs. (laughs) Like Scrooge McDuck. Remember Scrooge McDuck? Uh, Ducktails. Ooh, ducktails. He used to always see those money signs come up. I think this is the lens of greed. Many people are looking through the lens of greed. They always want more. They're seduced by success. They're winding and grinding, trying to reach a place of contentment. What we fail to remember is that contentment doesn't come from a place. Contentment comes from a person. The person's name is Jesus. And if I'm always looking through the lens of greed, I'm never, ever going to reach the person known as Jesus. There's other lenses up here. How about this? These are broken lenses. Oh, a lot of people today. A lot of people are viewing the world through a broken lens. What happens is, is that maybe something happened to you and you went through a tough time, you went through a difficult time and you got hurt And now you're looking through this hurt lens and hurt lenses and hurt people ultimately end up hurting other people. And because everything that happened to me is broken, now I see everything as broken and I can't see the beauty anymore. I just see brokenness. But what about this? What about lust? Some people are just looking through the lens of lust right now, just wanting everything that they see, just a constant desire, a constant need for satisfaction. It reminds me of that song from the old uh, singers, the Rolling Stones, I can't get no satisfaction. Many times the reason why you can't get satisfaction is because you're viewing the world through the lens of lust. 
What about this one? What about maybe anger? I see the split personality. People have outbursts of anger and anger overflows out of their life. And every time you're interrupted, what overflows is anger and wrath and words that you wish you could take back. And it's because you're viewing the world through anger. What about this one? This is a great one. Remember these as a kid? Yo, disbelief. Oh my goodness. Stuff's happened to me and I can't, I, I'm getting hit on all sides. And every time I look through the lens of disbelief, I'm never gonna operate with faith. And many times it's just the way that you're viewing the world. I remember this one too as a kid a whole lot. This is like a disguise, right? To me, this reminds me of the lens of insecurity. So many of us today, we're, we're insecure. And because we're insecure, we're hiding and we're projecting to everyone around us, something that we're not. We wanna win the approval of man. We want people to like us. We want people to affirm us. But ultimately what happens is, is because we're seeing the world from a lens of insecurity, it never ever produces confidence. It never produces courage. It just leads us to hide more and more and more. I'm using these lenses today because I'm wanting to get this truth into your spirit and into your soul that many times in life, we don't see the world for how it actually is. Now, most of the time I end up viewing the world, not for how it is, but I, I view the world for how I am. I see it not how it is, I see it how I am. I, I, I see it from the position I take in life. I see it from my bitterness. I see it from my resentment. I see it from my hurt. I see it from my heartache. I see it from betrayal. I see it from guilt. I see it from shame. I see it from the abuse. I see it from the lies. Over and over again, I'm seeing it from a different vantage point. And what I want you to get today, because I'm right there with you. This is not just my message. This is our message. And as I'm preaching, I'm listening to myself because ultimately how you see it will determine how you say it. I wonder what are you saying today? Because the story you tell yourself will determine the life that you live. And I brought these glasses up here because all of us have different filters. All of us have different lenses. And we have to learn how to remove our lens and put on God's lens. I wanna see the world, not from my story. I wanna see it from God's story. You know, Numbers 13 and 14, that's what we're studying today. It's a fascinating story. This is the story of Moses sending the 12 spies into the promised land to go and scout it out and bring back a report. And we'll get into the story, but 10 spies come back and they bring a negative report, and then two spies, Joshua and Caleb, they come and they bring a positive report. What I love is, is that God looks down upon the Israelite camp, and we'll see as we get to the end of this message that so many of them, because they brought the negative report, they never walked into the promised land. Yet when God looked upon Caleb and Joshua, what he says, we read it in Numbers 14, is he says, but Caleb is a whole different story. For Caleb has a different spirit. That word different popped out at me as I was reading it because, yo, COVID-19, things are different. Come on, come on, chat. Just say different. If you're at your house right now, people that you're watching it with, come on, engage. Just say it's different. We're hanging out and socializing in a different way. I'm preaching in a different way. I'm in an empty room preaching. This is different. I'm going to my job in a different way. I have different emotions. And what happens so many times is people, when things begin to become different, many times they, they cling to the same old lens. 
But friends, what you need to know is that when things look different, you gotta see it different. I believe today that God wants a different spirit to rise up inside of you, a different spirit in order to tell a different story. I wanna ask you three questions because I think the only way you'll tell yourself a different story is if you answer these three questions correctly. Let's look at Numbers 13 for a moment. I wanna go to verse 26. It says, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly. So reported, they, they, they came and told a story, the 10 spies. They came and told this story to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses. Here's my guy. He has a different spirit. He tells a different story. He says, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him They said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report. They spread a bad story about the land they had explored. Question number one, if you're gonna tell a different story, here's the first question, write this down. How do you see your circumstance? Come on, write that right now in the chat. How do I see my circumstance? Come on, write it right now. How are you viewing your circumstance? Life is full of circumstances, good circumstances, bad circumstances. Here's what I know about circumstances. You can't control them. Case in point, coronavirus. None of us were prepared for the coronavirus. We didn't actually think in 2020 that we were gonna be stopped for months at times because there was gonna be a virus that would spread as a pandemic worldwide. I don't get to control the circumstances. All I get to control is how I respond to the circumstances. See, you and I, we have to predetermine our responses to circumstances, especially when they go bad. Many of us today, we're facing a negative circumstance and we're telling ourselves a negative story. And the reason why we're telling a negative story is because we're viewing our circumstance not with the lens of faith, we're viewing it with the lens of fear. And every time I view it with the lens of fear, I'm gonna miss out on the opportunities. You see, every one of God's opportunities, they always come surrounded with obstacles. And I want you to understand today that the bigger the obstacle, it's always the bigger the opportunity. Here's what I know about circumstances. Write this down. Circumstances usually have problems and potential. It's like a coin. A coin has two sides, heads and tails. That's how circumstances work. They come at you with problems and potential. You get to decide which side you're gonna focus on. Notice in our story that these 12 spies, they go to the promised land, they scout it out. 10 come back and what do the 10 do? The majority, they focus on the problem. Well, yes, like God said, it is flowing with milk and honey. Yes, the fruit is so large that it took uh, multiple people to carry it back. It was heavy, it was big. But you should also know that the land is fortified. It's got giants inside of the land. There is no way that we could ever 
take over this land. What are they doing? They start focusing on the problem. This happens to so many people. In fact, the majority of people today are always gonna spend all of their energy looking through the lens of fear. And when you look through the lens of fear, you're gonna focus on the problem. But this is important that you see this. This is so important as you are quarantined and as we are going through this difficult crisis together. Where your focus goes, energy flows. Don't just hear me say it. In your seat right now, wherever you're watching on your lazy boy, take out your iPhone, take out your notes and write down where your focus goes, energy flows. Because this is so important. I get to decide where my focus goes. I can either focus on problems or I can focus on potential. The majority focuses on the problems. And because of it, the majority quits before they even begin. You know, I love Winston Churchill. I've been studying Winston Churchill. If you don't know who Winston Churchill was, he was the prime minister of Great Britain during World War II. And it was a tough time to be the prime minister because London was being bombed by Nazis. Yet when I study him, he did some cool stuff. There's stories of Winston Churchill that at night they would get bombed. And so he would go into the barracks at night but every morning he would come out of the barracks and he would go to the place that was bombed the worst and he would stand on top of the rubble and he'd put a peace sign up in the air. It's like he was telling his enemies, was that really your best shot? You better try again because with all your bombs, you still cannot stop the spirit of resiliency. We're different. We're not like your other opponents. We are telling a different story. Watch what Winston Churchill says. This is beautiful. He says, a pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity, but an optimist, what do they see? They see the opportunity in every difficulty. See, what I see is what I say, and what I say determines the life that I live. Don't be a part of the majority, just focusing all of your energy on fear and the problem. See, there's another category of people they don't just focus on the problem. What they do is they have this other theory. They go, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna focus on the problem and the potential. Many of you right now, I know this is a word. This is a whole word for some of you, whole word. Shout out to Manushka Charles. This is a whole word for a lot of you because a lot of you, what you're trying to do is you're trying to use both of your eyes and you're trying to get those eyes to focus on two different things. But that's not how eyes work. Eyes work in tandem, but they have to focus on one object. In theory, it sounds nice. Let me focus on the problem. Let me focus on the potential. And then I'll get energy flowing in both categories. It doesn't work that way though. Your eyes aren't designed. You have to pick one to focus on. And the one you focus on is what's gonna create the energy. It's what's gonna create a flow, fear or faith. See, the scripture says that a house divided cannot stand. Yet the word for two in Greek is the word die meaning division could be defined as two visions. A lot of us right now, everything's blurred, everything's confusing because you keep looking at both scenarios, problem and potential, problem and potential. Oh no, friends, you have to be like what Winston Churchill said. You gotta look at your difficulty and seek out the opportunity because there was two. Their names were Joshua and Caleb and they had a different spirit and they told a different story. And instead of focusing on the problem, they put all of their attention on the potential. What could happen? See, these 10 spies, the majority, they had a case of the ites. No, oh, the land's flowing with milk and honey. But man, there's big giants there. The Amalekites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, 
even the coronavites. This is what a lot of us are doing. We're giving the potential, but then we're following it with the problem and we're focusing more attention on the problem than the potential. See, that key word in the text is the word but. It's a conjunction. Nothing wrong with the word but, but you don't wanna be led with your but. But I failed, but I lost my job but I don't feel good, but I used all my good ideas, but I got no more money, but I don't have the right education. Listen to me, whenever you're led by your butt, you're only gonna go backwards. You have got to change the story. You have got to focus somewhere else. You've got to remove the lens of fear and you got to put on the glasses of faith. Faith declares things that are not as though they were. Faith declares those things that are not as though they are. And you and I, we got to speak out faith. See, there's nothing wrong with the word but. But's just a conjunction. What's wrong is what comes after the but. See, what these men should have said is they should have said, yeah, we went down and looked at that land and it is flowing milk and honey. And yes, it has incredible fruit. And yes, the walls are fortified. And yes, there are giants there. But God... You see, these men should have known a little bit more about God. This was not their first rodeo. This was not their first time that they had walked up into an obstacle. All they really needed to do when they saw the obstacle was look backwards and remember that God had been with them throughout every season. This is who God is. All they needed to do was just record their history. You know, it's true. There was a time that we were living as slaves in Egypt and the Egyptians refused to let us go. But God sent some plagues and we got out of Dodge in one night. Yo, it's true. We stood in front of a Red Sea, but God showed up and he split the sea and we walked into our future. It is true. We found ourselves out in the wilderness with nothing to eat. We didn't know how we were going to survive. We didn't know how we were going to eat. But God showed up and he sent manna from heaven. We were lost out there in the desert. We didn't know if we should go left. We didn't know if we should go right. We didn't know what was behind us and we definitely didn't know what was in front of us. But God showed up and he gave us a fire by night and he gave us a cloud by day. I'm trying to get it into your spirit today that you need to make sure you put the right thing behind the conjunction and your problem doesn't go behind the conjunction your God goes behind the conjunction somebody right now just say but God just say but God come on chats light it up but God I was lonely but God showed up and he gave me peace I was sick but God showed up and he healed my body I lost my job but I learned that God is a provider I lost loved ones but God never left me God never quit on me I know you got some circumstances today but you are forgetting you still have God today but God, I know all about your problems, but the only way you're ever gonna face your problems is when you begin to focus on the potential. Get back up, don't quit. Your potential far outweighs your problem, but you gotta choose to focus on the right thing. But God, you see the majority is always gonna speak fear, but you and I, the people of God, it's called the minority report. Oh, it's more than a movie. It is our anthem as believers. Write that right now in the chat. Come on, chat, wherever you're at. Minority report, minority report. Just say it out loud on your couch, minority report. 
See, the majority said, no, no, we can't go. No, the giants are too big. That was 10 of them. Two of them, the minority said, let's go. Let's step into it. Let's move forward. Let's not camp out here. Let's face our fear. Let's put on the lens of faith for how we see it determines how we say it. And they declared something different. You see, the majority saw God in light of their circumstances. But the minority saw their circumstances in light of their God. Whew, it's a word for somebody. This is a word for somebody. Listen to me. It is time that you stop telling God all about your problems. Why not start telling all your problems all about your God? Your God speaks potential over your life. Put on the lens of faith. Don't look like the world. Come out of the world and declare something new. Get a different spirit. Tell a different story. Question number one, if you're gonna tell a different story is, how do you see your circumstance? How do you see your circumstance? Do you see it through the lens of fear or through the lens of faith? Let's look at Numbers chapter 13. I wanna I want give you the second question, verse 32. And they spread among the Israelites, these are the 10 spies, the majority, a bad report, a negative story about the land that they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. This is like a, this is a whole message in and of itself. I don't even have the time to do this justice because the psychology of what's happening still happens to this day. See, the second question, question number one, how do you see your circumstance? Question number two, how do you see yourself? How do you see yourself in this crisis? Because the way you see yourself is gonna declare what you say about yourself. Many of you, the reason why you keep saying negative things about yourself is because you see yourself in a negative light. You see yourself as less than. You're minimizing yourself. You're discrediting yourself. You're disqualifying yourself. You're doing it to yourself. It's out of your words. It's out of your mouth. Out of your heart, the mouth speaks. The way you see yourself is through the wrong lens. You gotta decide. This is so big. Please don't miss this. Maybe you had to go through the coronavirus just to hear this message today. You have two different lenses to determine how you see yourself. You can either see yourself through the lens of the world, culture, society, or you can start to see yourself through God's word. What God says about you, what God declares over you. Now I love, there's an author I love, his name is Donald Miller. He's written a lot of books and a lot of his books have impacted me when I was young. Uh, probably when I was 14 years of age, I read a book he wrote called Blue Like Jazz. It impacted my faith. He's just been one of those writers that I've just, I've read a whole lot of and he's just been on my faith journey. And he talks about the fact that in stories, there's always characters. And what do characters do in a story? They play a role. I think it's important for you to define what role you're playing because Donald Miller talks about the roles we play in life. And he says, there's four key roles that we play in life. The first role is the role of the victim. In fact, you know what a victim is? A victim is a person who just believes no matter what, that they are stuck. And maybe today you're not even aware of it, but you're, you're gonna, something's gonna go off in your brain right now. You're getting a revelation right now. Oh my goodness. I see myself always as a victim that life just happens to me. And you don't take responsibility. You just live hurt. But maybe you're not a victim. Maybe you were a victim for a long time. What, 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 what do victims give way to oftentimes in stories? Well, villains. What is a villain? A villain is just typically a victim who wants to take it out on other people. 
They don't just want justice, they want revenge. They wanna make people pay. Why? Because hurt people hurt people. And if I keep on the lens of being a victim for too long, before you know it, I'll begin to hurt other people because I myself am hurt. But Donald says it's not just victims and villains. He says there's also heroes in stories. Heroes are really just people that choose to see the potential over the problem. They're willing to go for it. When others say no, they say go. When others say stop, they say no, we're gonna keep on moving forward. But Donald Miller introduces a fourth character or a fourth role. And this is really the role that I want you to consider today. The fourth role is the role of the guide. I love guides. What do guides do? Guides come alongside people and they help people reach their dreams, reach their potential, reach the destination. You ever gone hiking before? It's one thing to hike by yourself. It's a whole lot better to hike with a guide. A guide can't do it for you, but a guide can help you along the way. And Donald Miller really says that we should all seek to be the guide, that we should help people do heroic things. Now, when I take these four roles and I apply them to Numbers chapter 13, well, right away, I discover who the victim and the villain are. The victims, number one, are the 10 spies. The 10 spies, they come back with this report. And what do they say? They say, it's true. The promise of the Lord is real. The land is flowing with milk and honey, but there's giants there. And what do they say about these giants? They say, these giants are so big and we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. Isn't that amazing? They're not just puffing up their enemy, they're tearing themselves down. Sure, maybe there was giants in the promised land, but just because they had giants, those giants, that's a poor scale. That's not a true comparison. You don't become a grasshopper all of a sudden. You can't go from being 5'10 to being one inch just because there's something big in front of you. But this is what happens to victims. A victim mentality starts sharing a false narrative, starts saying things that are not even true, begins to exaggerate the facts, begins to exaggerate the scenario. Listen to me. So many of you that are watching this right now, listening to this in your car right now, so many of you are further than you're giving yourself credit. You're doing better than you know. You got more in you than you're actually acknowledging. You're stronger than you think. But because you see yourself as a victim, you talk down to yourself. You're mean to yourself. You know, my mom used to say, if you got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. It's funny because some of you the way that you talk to yourself, you wouldn't talk to your greatest enemy that way. Listen, if you wouldn't say it to somebody else, you certainly shouldn't say it to yourself. We have to manage our self-talk in this season. Many of us, the reason why we keep saying a bad story is because we're listening to these negative thoughts rather than speaking out God's word over our scenario. Isn't it interesting? Notice what they do. They don't just say we seem like grasshoppers. They take it Another step. They say, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to the enemies. I, I, that just pops out at me because what I've learned is, is that when you have a negative self-image about yourself, you assume other people have that same negative self-image about you. But let me remind you today, what other people think about you is none of your business. I wanna set some people free today. 
Some of you need to come out of the bondage of other people's opinions. If you keep living shackled up to what other people say about you or think about you, you will never step into the potential God has planned for your life. You gotta get free today. What other people think about you, what other people say about you, it's none of your business. You're not living for them, you're living for him. Isn't it interesting that these guys said that we seem the same to them, yet they never even heard a word from the enemy. They just assumed it. They just created a false narrative. They have no idea how the enemy sees them. What happens? This victim mentality, well, these 10 spies, they don't just stay victims, they become villains. What do they do? They go back to the Israelite camp and they spread a false narrative. They spread a lie. They say, there's no way we can overcome. There's no way we can win. And everybody becomes fearful. And the entire Israelite camp begins to grumble. They begin to complain about Moses. They actually wish to go back to Egypt. And as we read in Numbers chapter 14, God ultimately forgives them for their sin of unbelief but he prohibits any of them except for Joshua and Caleb to step into the promised land. Why did Joshua and Caleb get into the promised land? Because they were different. How were they different? They weren't victims, they weren't villains. What did they display? They displayed the character qualities of a hero. See, being a hero is just a person who says, you know what, I'm gonna focus on the potential instead of the problem. I'm gonna tell a different story. I'm not gonna talk like the world, I'm gonna talk like the word. Heroism is simply about facing your fear. I think many times we think in order to be a hero, it means I can't have any fear. Well, heroes, they have fear. They're just willing to face their fear. They display courage in the midst of a crisis. I think every one of us, the only way we will ever display qualities of a hero is when we start to see ourselves with qualities of a hero. When we start to see ourselves as somebody who doesn't back down to the opposition, who doesn't back down from the pain, who doesn't run from every fight, but we actually step into it being willing to say, I will face my fear. See, Joshua and Caleb, they are awesome to me because they're not like living in some other reality. No, they actually face the facts. They're like, yeah. That's true, there are giants. That's true, the walls are big. That's true, it's gonna be a fight. It's gonna be a battle, but we can certainly do it together. We can take possession of the land. We can do it. Oh friend, this is a word for you today. I'm, I'm preaching facts today. We can do it. We can face the facts with faith. I don't have to deny my reality. I don't have to deny the fact that coronavirus is real. No, I can hear all the facts. I can hear about the stock market. I can hear about the deaths. I can hear about the loss of income. I can hear about the loneliness. I can hear the facts, but I can choose to face the facts with the word of God. I'm gonna face the facts with God's word. I'm not gonna listen to the world. I'm gonna listen to what God's word says about me because I see myself not how the world sees me. I see myself how God sees me. And according to God's word, I just believe I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, but Rich, don't you understand? We're just trying to survive right now. I know that's the fact of the day. I'm just trying to survive. But yo, listen to me. I face the facts of the day with 
with the word of God. I face the facts of the day with God's word. I face it with faith. And faith tells me I don't just survive. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer, baby. This is what we believe. We don't believe that we're not gonna face suffering, that we won't face pain. No, God's word says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It doesn't say that the weapon won't be formed. It just says when the arrows come, when the weapon gets formed, when the enemy takes a swing, it will not devour me. It will not end me. It will not stop me. I will keep moving forward. Come on, somebody. Go ahead and give God some praise. Light up that chat. Make some noise in your living room. Let your neighbors know you're not ashamed today that God is working in your life. I feel this message in my spirit. I feel this message in my heart. Somebody say facts right now. Just say facts right now. I'm facing the facts of the day with faith. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I can overcome today. I can face my fear today. That's what heroes do. And notice... They don't just play the role of heroes, do they? Joshua and Caleb, they take a better role, a, a more sustainable, a more healthy role. They pick the role of being a guide. I talked to you in week one that ultimately it's, it's God who's the hero. When I just try to insert myself as the hero, I'm gonna let myself down. Sure, we can do heroic things, but there's only one hero of the God story and that's God. A better role is the role of being a guide. See, Joshua and Caleb, they didn't say, oh, follow me. We will take out the giants. What do they say? They use the word we. We can certainly do it. They were inviting the Israelites into a journey to do it together. In this season right now, community has never been more important. You need to get into a crew this week. You need a small group. You need the right community of people. We can overcome anything together. We is greater than me we is greater than me. Now, the first couple of weeks of this quarantine, Don, Shree, and I, we were struggling. I mean, one day we woke up and our youngest son, Wild, had 103 fever. That's not what you want to hear during COVID-19. Um, we were fighting, we were arguing. There was fear in our house. There was anxiety in our house. I remember one day these groceries came and Dawn, she went out and she was just overwhelmed and she came back in and we finally, as a family, we just stopped and we paused and said, let's just talk. Let's just, we can do this together. We can overcome. Let's, let's remember who our God is. Let's remember the potential. Let's remember that there's a silver lining. Let's remember there's a blessing on the other side of this burden. Let's not give up. It's amazing because weeks later now, it's like how many sets of groceries have we disinfected? Uh, Wild, our youngest son, he's totally healthy. He's totally fine. We, we, we've, we've gotten through it, but how do we get through it? We got through it together. I just want to encourage you today. We need each other. And you and I, you know what Voo Church is? Voo Church is not the hero. Voo Church is the guide. You know what you and I are doing? You know what I'm doing today? We're guiding people to the great hero known as God known as Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We're inviting people to face obstacles with faith. We're inviting people to get rid of the lens of brokenness and take on the lens of the beautiful gospel that we believe in an eternity, that even if we die in this world through harm, through heartache, through virus, we believe that the story doesn't end bad, the story ends good because God is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? We're inviting people to say, we can certainly do it. We can certainly move forward. See, when I lead with we, I become a guide. 
and guides always tell a different story. How do you see yourself today? Are you a victim? Are you becoming a villain? Are you the hero or why don't you join me and be a guide today? How do you see your circumstances? How do you see yourself? But lastly today, third question, skipping to Numbers chapter 14, verse five. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. So the people are grumbling. The whole camp is full of fear. The whole camp has put on different lenses. None of the lenses are from God and they're all afraid. But Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, these are the guys who have a different spirit and they tell a different story, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, this is big, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of that land because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. See, the third question that you have to ask yourself is simply this, how do you see God? What's amazing is that this bad report, this bad story began to spread throughout the entire camp and this story spread like a virus. And before you know it, the entire Israelite camp, they actually started grumbling against Moses and Aaron, but even deeper than that, they longed to go back to Egypt. That's crazy. Egypt was a nightmare. They were living as slaves in Egypt. I could tell you horrific accounts of what the lifestyle and the quality of life looked like for the Israelites when they were in Egypt. Yet what happens sometimes when we come up against different scenarios and different obstacles or when we come up against a crisis is many times as we, we long to go back instead of moving forward. I mean, what a weird concept that these men and women wanna go back to slavery. They'd rather choose slavery over freedom. They would rather choose harm and abuse instead of their promised land. You ever notice that sometimes when things begin to change, we would rather go back to what's familiar. Sometimes when things are different, people, they cling to what is the same. Sometimes we just maintain these mentalities and our brain and our thinking is shackled up to dysfunction. I mean, what a crazy thought. Sure, entering into the promised land is different. But what I've learned about people is that when the scenes become different, many people cling to the same, even if the same is toxic, even if the same is dysfunctional, even if the same is killing you. Some of you right now at the sound of my voice, you have faced this virus, you are in quarantine. And what's happened is, is you are clinging back to the same old stuff that you used to go to. Some of you are back to that same old bottle, but that bottle has never brought you peace. Some of you are back to those same old pills, but it doesn't matter how many pills you take, you're still up at night. Some of you are back to that computer, looking at those same old images, finding yourself dissatisfied, find yourself hurting from the inside out. Some of you got the same old attitude going on. You gave that attitude up a long time ago. Some of you are same, going back to those same words, those, those same outlook. It's amazing to me because even though it's killing you, many times when things get difficult and things get hard, 
familiarity soothes us in ways that unmet dreams never could. Why is it that we'd rather have comfort instead of risking the unknown and stepping into all that God has for us? Oh friend, I don't know if you're noticing this, but your promised land is at risk. Your promised land is at risk. Your promised land is at risk. These spies, they went into the land and what they saw, well, they didn't like it very much. So they came back and what they said determined the life that they lived. Did you know that God ended up not letting these 10 spies along with the entire Israelite camp? They didn't let, he didn't let any of them go into the promised land simply because they saw it wrong. What's amazing to me as I read this story is we know because of Deuteronomy chapter one, Moses declares out loud that God did not want the 12 spies to go and scout out the land. No, God had already promised the land was flowing with milk and honey. But these 12 spies, these 10 spies, they came to Moses and they said, no, 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 let us go and scout out the land. But Moses said, God never commanded us to scout the land. Moses just said, okay, you can go and do it. It's amazing to me because so many of us, we don't wanna believe God's promise until we see God's promise. And so many of us, God promises us something. Instead of just believing it, we say, no, 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 I'll believe it when I see it. Let me go and scout out the promise. Let me go and see it if it's right. Let me go and discover it. But that's not how God works. God says, no, 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 no. You don't need to see it to believe it. You just simply need to declare it. You need to confess it. When I tell you something, believe and receive. I mean, you could read all of Hebrews 3 and 4. Hebrews 3 and 4 is the New Testament commentary on Numbers 13 and 14. And, and Hebrews 3 and 4 is simply saying that the people were robbed of their blessing because they failed to believe. They failed to believe. I gotta see the promise before I believe the promise. It's not how God works. You believe the promise and then you'll see it. And it all comes down to how you see God. Do you believe God for his word? Do you believe God is for you? Or do you think God's out to get you? Does he wanna harm you? This is what happened to Shemua, Shaphat, Eagle, Pilati, Gedil, Gadi, Emil, Sether, Nabi, Ghul. Oh, you don't know those names? Of course you don't know those names. Those are the 10 spies who brought back the negative report. There's no way you know those names. Why? Because when we fail to remember God, don't be surprised when people forget you. These 10 spies, their names are recorded in the exact same chapter as Joshua and Caleb. They're right next to them, but nobody talks about these 10 names. Nobody remembers these names. Friends, I'm trying to tell you that your promised land is at risk. Your legacy is at risk. Your future is at risk simply by what you are saying, simply by the story you are telling yourself. For the story you tell yourself will determine the life that you live. And these 10 spies, they saw the problem. They didn't see the potential. These 10 spies, they didn't see God for who he was. Instead, they, they saw themselves through the enemy's eyes. We seemed like grasshoppers and they missed out on what God's word declared. I want you to hear me today. Forgetting God is the fastest way to be forgotten. Not just when it comes to human beings, but it was Jesus who said, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father. Friend, how do you see God today? I see God as my refuge. I see God as my fortress. 
I see God as my sure foundation. I wanna declare it. I wanna say it. I wanna herald it. If God is for us, who can be against us? God, if you promised me something, I don't need to see it to believe it. I'm simply gonna say it. I'm simply gonna declare it. I'm simply gonna confess it. Oh friends today, what lens are you looking at life through? Because how you see it determines how you say it. But God, He tells a different story. God, He has a different script for all of us. Read your Bible. You ever notice that God's always telling a different story? God says stuff like this, yo, you wanna be great? Serve. God says stuff like this, you wanna go high? Get down low. God says stuff like this, hey, you wanna discover real, real joy? The real joy, the unfathomable joy, that's found at the pit of suffering. God says stuff like this, you wanna get more? Learn to give more. God tells a different story. He constantly does it. Why? Because God wants us to speak through the lens of the gospel and God wants us to speak through the lens of faith. And the world over and over again says, see it and then say it. But God says something different. God says how you say it is how you will see it. God says, say it, even if you don't feel like it. God says, confess it, even if you don't have the courage to move forward. Get your words out in front of you. Start telling a different story. And as you tell a different story, watch as you begin to create a different spirit. What I love so much about this story is how God is gracious. God, He forgives the Israelites. However, it came with a great consequence. I want to encourage you today. Even when you forget God, God doesn't forget you. And today, all it takes is one little moment of you remembering God and God will give you forgiveness and He will invite you back into His story. But you've got to remember Him today. You've got to speak out faith. You've got to declare it before you see it. You know, Joshua and Caleb, they are great reminders for all of us especially in this crisis called COVID-19. They told a different story because they had a different spirit. And I believe right now you and I are invited to tell a different story because we as children of God have a different spirit. It was Jesus who told us a different story that when we deserved punishment, He gave us grace, He showed us mercy and He showed us love. Today, I invite you to get into God's story. I invite you to tell a different story. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. It helps so much. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.